0: Welcome to the 63rd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Chris Evans, author of the Iron Elves series, Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Chris Evans, author of the Iron Elves series. The third book in the series, Ashes of a Black Frost, is available in bookstores now. Chris, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate you having me on your show.
0: Sure. Well, if someone listening isn't familiar with your Iron Elves series, can you describe the series and and your latest book, Ashes of a uh, Black Frost?
1: Sure. Uh, I grew up with fantasy. I uh, I didn't start reading Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's uh, that's quite a lot to, to chew on when you're young. But I was a and d player and uh, read a lot of fantasy. And I, you know, like a lot of people, I really enjoyed the, uh, the traditional archetypes of the elf and the dwarf and magic and dragons. But I realized as I got older that a lot of people had already done that, and they'd done it very well. So if I was going to write a fantasy, which I very much wanted to do... I wanted to do it a little bit differently than um, had already been done. So that's what got me thinking of taking Tolkien's world and the elves and the dwarves, but bringing it forward in time, because I always thought that the medieval setting of fantasy, everyone's, you know it's been used so much, why not come forward? I mean, eventually, that society should evolve. So I brought my uh, series into something like a Napoleonic time frame. So there's muskets and cannons, And the the social mores and the way people act, it's a little more modern than the typical medieval setting. And the other sort of main focus that I wanted is my main character is an elf, Major Konawa Swift Dragon. And I wanted an elf that hated the forest. I mean, they're always portrayed as, you know, tree-hugging, nature-loving, flower-sniffing to varying degrees. Uh, And I was like, you know there's got to be at least one elf in the history of elves who just hates everything to do with nature. And that's who my main character is. (laughs)
0: well well you you described it really well and and i know that one description of the series has described it as muskets and magic which i think you know is is a really interesting combination i i can speak for myself i've actually uh been a huge fan of the the sharp series by bernard cornwall so i was i was really interested in in and how you combine the 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 kind of Napoleonic feel with with you know the the fantasy archetypes. I'm curious. Was there ever do you do you remember a specific uh, moment where you had that idea of having these elven and dwarf dwarves archetypes with with muskets?
1: You know, I I, I remember starting. Uh, actually, it was the very day that I had uh, defended my master's uh, thesis. And so I had just finished, this was my third degree, and I'm just like, all right, I've, that's it for, for me in academia. I wanna <laughs> do something else. And so I went home that very day and I started writing uh, this novel. And at the time, I actually did begin writing it in a more traditional medieval setting, but virtually from the moment I began writing, I, was, I, I just had that feeling that I need to do something different. I was aware of, uh, of Sharp's Rifles and um, Richard Sharp, you know, Bernard Cornwell's just amazing character in that series. And, of course, I'm a military historian by training, and that's what I do for a living is I edit military history books, everything from, you know, going back to the American Civil War, Napoleonic, up to Iraq and Afghanistan. And it just, I just realized it made so much more sense for me to try and, uh, and introduce the things that I enjoy, um, you know, mixing fantasy and the military. So it, it pretty much began at, right from the start, but it was, you know, it was a long time and sort of percolating.
0: Great. Well, well, now that your, your new book, the third in the series, Ashes of a Black Frost, is, is published, I'm curious about the, the actual process of, of writing the three books. I'm assuming you had to plot out the overarching storyline, but was there ever a time where, where you thought, crap, I can't do that in the third book because of what I've already set up in the first two? Or, or do you just subconsciously ride around those kinds of problems since the first two books have obviously been published?
1: You know, I'm, uh, I'm the kind of writer who sees a distant point of light, and I aim towards it, but how I get there is uh, I leave it a little bit up to chance and mystery. So uh, I have a concept of, okay, what the arc's going to be for both the book and for individual characters, but I, I also find that I like to leave myself uh, openings in case something occurs that maybe I didn't realize. Now, there were a couple of cases by the time I got to this final book, Ashes of a Black Frost, where something occurred to me that I thought, oh, wouldn't that be a neat twist? But then I looked back and I said, oh, you know what? I can't really do that uh, because of something I had done in the first book or the second book. But even when that happens, uh, you, know, you can, I ended up thinking of something else that worked just as well. Uh, and the thing I always tell uh, aspiring authors um, because everybody, I think you know most most of us are, even if you're a published author, you're always aspiring because you're always working on the next one. But it's like the ideas are the easy part. The hard part is sitting on your butt day after week after month after year, and cranking it out. You know the ideas flow fast and furious, but it's it's that patience and just being able to sit down and and push the vision through after the novelty's worn off, after the excitement has gone. And it's just you and a and a pad of paper or a laptop or an iPad, whatever you write on, and suddenly it's like, wow. But it's like a marathon, one step at a time. It's you know, one word, one sentence, and eventually you have a book.
0: Right. Well, you mentioned earlier your 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 day job as an editor of nonfiction military history books. How do you think your work as an editor has impacted your own fiction writing? Do you think you're more critical of your own writing than some writers might be?
1: Yes. Uh, I, I think the it, it's been both a plus and a minus. Um, the plus is that being an editor and working in the publishing business for over 10 years, I actually started with Random House. So I've been in the thick of it from the beginning of my career. I know a lot of how the business works right. so that that's been an advantage but the great disadvantage of being an editor is I have a tendency to try to edit as I write which is a terrible thing to do I think um, I think what you need to do and what I've uh, found for myself is just let the creative process happen knowing that you're going to go back and reread and revise and that an editor is going to do the same thing and that proofreaders will look at it and copy editors um, because by constantly revising as I write, uh, I think it takes me much longer than it otherwise would, so that's actually been more of a um, uh, an impediment than a than an advantage
0: right well, as you just mentioned that that you understand the the business side of of publishing and and given that and the fact that you're a published author and your new book is published in hardback and as an ebook where where do you see the publishing industry as a business headed? Obviously, there's the rapid growth of e-books, um, Amazon serving as a publisher directly. Where, where do you think we're headed?
1: You know, that's uh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> I, I you know I'm not going to pretend to say that I know the answer. What I will say is that anybody who tries to predict the demise of the publishing industry based on the current economic climate is really not giving the publishing industry a fair shake. I mean, we are in the closest thing to the Great Depression right now. So when you consider that when people are worried about where um, you know, the next meal is coming from, are they going to be able to put their kids through school, they're probably less likely to be spending on a luxury item, which would be a book. Um, because, you know, as much as we want to believe that people need books, the reality is people have to want books, They're entertainment. And so when you look at the, the trouble with bookstores and with overall the, the publishing industry, I think the fact that hardcovers and some of the more expensive type uh, formats are having trouble is we're just in a terrible economy. Now that's not, that doesn't mean that if everything were wonderful today, that, um, the publishing industry still wouldn't have problems. It would. Uh, and there's no question ebooks are only getting stronger. However, uh, George R. R. Martin's latest book came out and they sold more hardcovers than they did ebooks. And I think fantasy is at least one genre in particular where people still prefer to have that hardcover book in their hand as opposed to an electronic file.
0: Sure. You mentioned earlier that you grew, grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons and and reading fantasy. Who who are some of the writers that you enjoy reading when you're not working on your own material?
1: Uh it's uh I'm a huge, just insanely huge Terry Pratchett fan. Uh his brand of humor and uh, social satire it just it it hits me every possible way. Um, I just can't say enough about it. And I recognize at the same time, not everybody likes what he does or gets what he does, but I think that's what happens when you write humor and satire. But for me, Terry Pratchett is, you know, he's right up there in my pantheon of all-time writers. Uh, I, was a, I was and remain a huge fan of J.K. Rowling. I mean, I think Harry Potter was fantastic. Um, I'm also, a, uh, I, well, he's passed away now, but uh, George MacDonald Fraser. He wrote uh, something called the Flashman series, mm-hmm. which is a character uh, you know, who, again, kind of uh, musket and swashbuckling adventures all through British, um, the British Empire. Uh, he also served in the Second World War and wrote a phenomenal memoir uh, called Quartered Safe Out Here, which is taken from a poem from one of my other favorite authors, Rudyard Kipling. Uh, so it's, um, and I also enjoy reading nonfiction, Considering my job, so right. a lot of historians like Barbara Tuckman, uh, Stephen Ambrose, who of course is famous for Band of Brothers, you know people who are great storytellers. There's really I could just keep naming names here for the next sure. hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won't make you do that. So you yeah, mentioned you, you, you mentioned earlier some advice for aspiring writers. What what other advice might you have for someone who is uh, working on their own novels or short stories and hoping to have them published professionally.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, you, you follow your own star, and uh, you know, in my book, that's actually a motif uh, that there's falling stars, but <laughs> that's really not what I, <laughs> I didn't mean to tie them in. I just realized it happened. But the thing is, if you worry about the trends, because apparently the, you know the trends right now, zombies are hot, vampires are hot, um, but if you try to follow a trend, by the time you get there. Um, You know, there's probably a new trend. And even if you get there and that trend's still hot, keep in mind, when somebody has already written a phenomenal book on a young boy going to a British boarding school for magic, a.k.a. Harry Potter, why would you want to be just a copy of that? So find your voice, find your story. The other really important thing I tell everyone, and I follow this religiously myself, is you have to read. It's, it's not enough to think about it and to watch movies, watch TV, play all the video games, as much fun as they are. If you don't read, and read a lot, and read widely. And by that I mean, if you want to write fantasy, don't just read other fantasy books. Um, in writing my fantasy, a lot of my research, a lot of my reading, was military history. Um, other writers are reading a lot of other things. So you need to open yourself up and read books. Like, I mean, for me as a writer, I know romance is not exactly one of my strong suits. So I'm actually starting to read some of the romance books. I want to see how they do it. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's what I'm always going to read, but you know, to be a writer, you have to be open. And that means including to reading things that you might not other, otherwise read. And the, the one other big thing, uh, because I see it a lot, especially in fantasy, when you've, read, uh, when you've written your first fantasy novel, And if it doesn't immediately sell or an agent doesn't say they're going to represent you, uh, a lot of people, and it's understandable, they want to revise it and then revise it again. And they keep wanting to revise the same book over and over. And the thing that I tell everyone is the moment you finish writing your first book, you celebrate, and the next day you begin writing a brand new book. And don't start writing book two of your trilogy or your series. (laughs) Because if if you can't sell the first book, they're certainly not going to buy book two of a trilogy when you couldn't sell book one. So, you know, try something a little different. If if your first fantasy was medieval, then maybe try a fantasy that's a different setting. Um, you know, because eventually you sell a book, stuff you wrote earlier, you can always come back to, maybe revise it, and then sell it. Sure. So don't try not to get stuck rewriting the same book over and
0: over. Right. Good advice. So what's next for you after Ashes of a Black Frost?
1: Well, uh, I'm already uh, hard at work on my next book. It's going to be another fantasy w- within, I guess, the the subgenre that's called military fantasy as well as epic fantasy. Um, but it's going to be... Uh, it, I'm writing it as just a, a single, big, standalone book. Um, and it's going to be darker and essentially... Um, it's, it's going to really uh, delve into and tear apart the race relations between the traditional fantasy archetypes. So elf, dwarf, and human. Um, because, you know, there's this real trend now in fantasy where, uh, like Martin, people are basically, it's like soft, light magic. There's very little magic, and basically it's only humans. And that seems that, you know, there's this one view that that's the only way you can really write dark, serious stuff now, that somehow elves can't have the same problems and the same issues. It can only be done with humans. And uh, I think, no, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've been stuck, or not stuck, but we've had these archetypes for so long that it's more than time to really kind of get in there, rip them apart, and just see um, what that would look like in you know an incredible pressure cooker of a um, scenario which I'm going to create that, you know, will only compound these issues and hopefully, um, you know, make an entertaining story out of it too.
0: That sounds like fun. We'll, we'll look for that. Where, where can readers find you online?
1: Uh, I have a, a website. It's, um, Chris Evans, author, all runs together.com. I'm also on Twitter as C Evans author. Pretty easy. And, um, I, I blog fairly regularly. Uh, oh, I'm on Facebook, too. <laughs> <I get laughs> all the major social media, uh, you can probably find me. And I'm, uh, I'm always happy to talk to people. I get emails all the time. and I, I respond to everyone. I Even uh, for, for fans who live um, you know, far away and don't get a chance to come to a convention or something, I'm always happy to send out uh, signed book plates for their books, no charge. They just have to email me, and um, I'm happy to sign and send them.
0: Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Chris Evans, author of the Iron Elves series. Ashes of a Black Frost, the latest book in the series, is available in bookstores now or as an ebook. Chris, thanks for doing the interview.
1: Thanks a lot, Jeff. I really appreciate it.
0: Hi, this is author Peter Orullian, uh, author of The
1: Unremembered. And you're listening to the Reading and Writing Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to my latest podcast. If you have a chance, please leave a review of the podcast in iTunes. It only takes a moment. Until next time, read some good books and be well.